Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Verdell. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. How do you write women so well? I think of a man, and then I take away reason and accountability. I can't do this without you. I'm afraid he might pull the stiff one eye on me. Wouldn't your life be easier if you'd gotten an erection over a woman? You consider your life easy? All right, I'll give you that one. Cue the theme song. song. What if this is as good as it gets? A lot of people. That's the story. Good times, noodle salad. Don't be like me. Don't you be like me. You miss the tough guy? Well, here I am, sweetheart. Happy to see me, a little pissant mop. How about another ride down the chute? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. People that talk in metaphors ought to shampoo my crotch. How do you write women so well? I think of a man. And I take away reason and accountability. All right. 1997 had some crazy movies up for Best Picture, like Titanic, Goodwill Hunting, (laughs) The Full Monte, Monty, L.A. Confidential, and As Good As It Gets. Rom-com going on, drama, Rami, Rami, Kami. Uh, James Brooks directing, and we have um, the huge Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt, Greg Kinnear, Cuba Gooding Jr., Skeet Ulrich getting in there. Uh, yes. Um, That's the last time I ever saw him. What a crazy year 97 was for movies. Yeah, not as That's crazy whack. as 99, but 97 was pretty good. 99 um, was like fucking everything. Goodwill the, Hunting, so, Jackie Brown, as good as it yep. gets, Boogie Nights, fuck, man. Yeah. But Boogie Nights, Crazy. actually, yeah, 97 and 99 were both the, amazing years. L.A. Yeah. Confidential. The Which Sweet Hereafter. Which something we need to add to our thing. Sweet Hereafter should have won Boogie Best Picture. Boogie Nights, yeah. Oh, my God. It's just crazy. So, yeah, there's a bunch we got to go back and, and check out to uh, do. We should add L.A. Confidential right away. Gattaca. Yeah, we absolutely should. Gattaca, too. That's already on our list. It's That's coming, coming up. up soon. Coming up very soon. 97 was a good year. Then, that, oh, I mean, Kundun. Fucking Kundun? <laughs> I've never seen Kundun. It's the only Martin Scorsese movie I've never at least tried to watch. Is I that did, right? I tried to watch one of his newer ones. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but I've never tried to watch Kundun. Can't say well, anything about it. What's, I mean, it's, what's crazy is in that lineup of movies, uh, Jack and Helen Hunt won for best... Um, best yeah. Actor and Best Actress. That's and right. then Greg Kinnear was nominated for Best Supporting, but lost out to Robin Williams for his role in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's tough. You got to give and that as, to Robin. As crazy as um, uh, uh, the writers for this movie were nominated as well, but of course lost to the Goodwill Hunting boys for that as well. So oh, this movie yeah, seemed to right. trade some punches. I think that um, makes sense. Which just kind of sets the stage for how huge this movie was at the time. Um, and we have... Mr. Melvin, Melvin Udall is, uh, he's got some issues. He's a writer and he's the craziest, most obsessive, compulsive, uh, impulsive lunatic maybe ever. Uh, but there's a few people in his life that give him some leniency or at least try and and understand a little bit about, uh, being a better human being and don't take his crap. Um, and he runs amok of pretty much everybody in his life, his neighbor, uh, the waitress that works in the neighborhood or, uh, where he needs to eat his breakfast every morning. And so, man, it's hard to like linearly tell you about what this movie really is because he just keeps getting himself deeper and deeper into trouble. And while he wants to live Mr. Udall, a solitary life, just writing his books and being a dick, he's pulled into the world of gay people and relationship issues and love and many other things, uh, race. I think he's, he's, um, yeah, Walking minorities, dogs, that's right. taking care of dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. racism. Well, yeah, he's yeah, he starts off that way. You fin- I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, I mean, that's pretty much it. He gets deep into it, and will he change? And will it be of his own accord or um, because of external factors? That's what we're going to find out, Mr. Melvin Udall. His, yeah, his personality uh, is so to- toxic based on like just him having no one in his life that he has to... Uh, to compromise with our cow to or to put our, it mildly uh, actually yeah like he he's, he's not even pretending ever to be nice no just to get through a conversation no like never. the first time he talks to um to cuba gooden jr he, he says think white and get serious <laughs> like, that's the first time they hang out yeah 
He throws That's a dog down a garbage chute. First thing. In the, yeah. In the first opening thing. of the movie is the first thing a he does. Dog and by too, the time adorable dog. Verdell, that dog is so adorable. And by the time that we get um it, it was so surprising to me because I said now I'm really respecting the writing in this movie early on because um when Melvin's at his door and he's like trying to control himself that he's gotta give back Verdell, um, you actually like start to feel bad for him and how do they make you feel sympathetic for a character like marvin udall is 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 quite a feat they i don't do really to feel do that bad a few for times. him i gotta say i i, I, I despise do. this fucking man i hate him <laughs> it's I, um okay go ahead yeah i i feel like it's a pressure cooker for uh for like a person's life who uh, I was talking about this with somebody about how um, I came from like a small town and didn't know anyone that was a different color, didn't know anyone who was gay, didn't know anybody who wasn't like the same, exactly the same as me. And as soon as I moved to a big city, you know, within a year or two, I, I had a friend who wasn't, wasn't white. I had a friend who was gay. I had a friend who would take me to like um, to uh, drag shows every Sunday night. Uh, I was a girl that I, I was obviously trying to, I was dating and she'd take me to drag shows. And originally I was just like, I'll do whatever she wants to do because I want to date her. But as soon as I went to the drag shows, I was like, this is the best. So I see, for me, I, when I watch him, it's, it's like a guy who's never, who's been completely cut off his whole life. And so he hates everything and everyone. And then he starts to discover that these wonderful people, uh, are are uh living completely different lives than him that he didn't agree with and uh put down and uh to me that's interesting to watch it's an interesting story it's a little bit unbelievable that he he went that long <laughs> without that but uh yeah uh the writing for me felt good enough especially through that character to to bring that out to that feeling out again watching it again I put a lot of thought into this, into how they can have a character so reprehensible and then have him be like, you know, the guy to cheer for. And it really seems to me they do it by making him a victim of his own shit. Like even he is out of like at odds with himself. Do you know what I mean? He's he's like he can't help himself but to be this That's, raging asshole. He's obviously mentally yeah. unwell, which I think is like, to be honest, I think it's kind of a fucking cheap trick is just to say like, here's this raging asshole, but it's okay because he's sick. Like, I don't want to cheer for Melvin Udall and I kind of cheer against him during this movie. It's it. I told Colin this before we watched it, and I kind of feel the same after watching. I feel like he draws energy from me watching this movie because this movie is crafted really well in a lot of really um, important ways for a movie. But I find that his character draws that energy from you because he's constantly, I mean, cringy and assaulting and abrasive. And it's just work to try to experience all of these experiences throughout the whole fucking thing and then to like cheer for him it just i don't know man it it feels it's, like we, work we're seeing and it so feels many like people, a cheap getaway we're seeing so many people like this though that he's representing now whether it's in social media or the news i just actually was watching a woman get arrested at a bank who refused to put on her mask and was calling the security guard all, all sorts of names and saying she didn't have to do what he said it, that reminds me of him. I mean, these people exist, but they're still like. I think that's they're, different. They're still human beings. I mean, like they they don't they're mis, they're misguided and 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 don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And have well, here's the, here's a question then. Opposite opinion of me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, John. No, I was just gonna say. So then, so then that would beg the question, like, so I can draw this distinction clearly. Is so, Colin, are you saying that Marvin is not mentally ill? He's just uh, underexperienced and I'm saying can he, become more cultured. He, well, he's obviously mentally ill, but his mental illness should not be his his attitude towards race, sexuality, na human beings, the way he speaks to them has nothing to do with his obsessive compulsive disorder. He's just no. that with an obsessive compulsive disorder. That's a mm. secondary thing that he is struggling with. So I think Brent is right. Like that is not chalked up to, that doesn't to me encapsulate why he's such a terrible human being. 
and uh, doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have any friends because he's an asshole. Like, and he's intolerable, and he has no sensor filter, and he and he doesn't want to do anything for anybody else. But he starts to want to do things for other people, and that's when you start to like him. I, yeah, but I isn't, mean, aren't those right things thing. also just for himself? Yeah. Yes, but at the end of the day, everybody is a little self-serving in whatever they do. Like a little self-serving, but he just about does nothing that's not. I know, but you, but like pretty much, uh, there's lots of nothing. there's lots of people who philosophy or people who say that there is no even if you're like a person who's charitable, it makes you feel good about yourself. So like you're still getting something out of it. Like okay. you know, it's not. I get there behind that, no, but I feel like that's a departure from this. It's not though. <laughs> I, I I disagree. I think him letting we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but him letting Greg Kinnear stay with him is self-serving because it makes him look good in her eyes and it does she ends up like saying how wonderful he is for doing that but i also think he's getting something out of it as well because he is he gets to hang out with verdell right he gets somebody to talk to about his crazy shit he's getting all sorts of stuff out of that but also so Greg Kinnear's not on the street so i think the distinction for me there is if i donate money to a charity or if i let greg kinnear live with me after he's destitute and if they get him back on his feet right <laughs> that would be nice if yeah. i do those things because it makes me feel good that's a good thing that's a genuine thing right like i am getting something from it maybe you can mm -hmm. argue that philosophically there's a selfish need there being fulfilled however i think that's different than i'm doing this and what i'm getting out of it is um, appearance-wise, I'm scoring points with the girl that I like, and I get to hang out with the dog that I like, and this guy's, like, not the worst guy, but really, I mean, if, if we're honest with ourselves, Jack Nicholson probably would have been happy just to, to see him move. I disagree, I because when, when he's living with him, the way they act towards one another is he's completely different from when he was in the beginning. I mean, his arc in this is almost too big because in the beginning he couldn't doesn't want this guy knocking on his door and at the end he when they're in his bedroom and he says that he loves him or whatever and melvin says man if that did it for me buddy i'd be the luckiest guy in the world that's not the same melvin no you're right and if and if i'm looking at it under that lens maybe i could say that all the stuff in the front end wasn't genuine feelings or or um, or um, emotions, but rather his screen of protection for the world because everything defense, scared him so much. Defense mechanism. So maybe yeah. if I'm viewing it under that lens, I can get behind that. Mm. And I think mm. it was defense. He was defending himself uh, against. Uh, yeah, I think that is what it was. I think that's a perfect way of describing uh, what we're talking about. Uh, okay. I think, I think, I think Melvin is like completely selfish, and I think. He, he does end up changing throughout this movie as a reaction to things. So I think he's he's better equipped to deal with Greg Kinnear living with him. But I'm, I think even that move is like something to make himself look better in, in Helen Hunt's eyes. So I and and OK, so here we're going all over the place. We're talking about major stuff. We ain't pulling no punches on this. Let's let's just go. Right. Is after <laughs> um after we have Greg Kinnear and and drawing Helen Hunt and and all that shit and we have that big kind of climax where both of those characters kind of go over a major milestone in their lives she feels beautiful and accepted <clears throat> and he can draw again right and Melvin doesn't get his but whatever after that point in the movie things start getting like way too long in the tooth for me the wrap up should have been that he the Greg Kinnear was going to live with him and that's all the shit all the love story shit those two do not belong together in my mind and so that's why Melvin's Agreed. character arc feels too much is because I lose my he, he talks about taking the pill and he talks about how Helen Hunt is changing him but like Think of a guy with the personality and the and the illness where he has with his OCD. He's like by the end of the movie, he's like walking on cracks with her, and like you can't, you just can't change that much from the mental illness angle, which I believe dominated his character more than the personality defect. That's um, what I'm saying. Is his arc, his arc is 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 too big. It's way yeah. too big, and it yeah. is a little unbelievable. But the writing and the a acting little? is so fucking good. That like you yes. get lost, you get like caught up in the writing and the acting and the music, 
Yeah, but yeah. that's why those two won the fucking Oscars is because they take something that's completely unbelievable and make you enjoy watching it that it almost has a sense of believability to something that should never be believable. Oh, but I don't believe it. I And I said to you when we were watching it, I do not buy this relationship. This relationship is too big a stretch for me. It's just too big. I agree with John 100% on that. Yeah, actually. you've talked about that before, even before you watch it. Johnny, do you know how big the uh, the age gap between them? Do you want I, do you, my, Take a guess what, if you haven't looked it up. I don't know. I would guess 30 years. It's, it's very close. close. 26. Yeah, it, it was. So I did and I felt bad in my head after thinking it. I was like, if she was a little older, um, yes. I could see it happening a bit more. Yeah. But because yes. she is young, um, it that that kind of didn't work. But it, it does stick out more. The thing that I told to Brent that I think swayed Brent a little bit on this point is he's not only exceptionally wealthy, but he's also super famous as well. Yeah. So like. Yeah. Super wealthy, famous people tend to date younger women. He's so wealthy that yeah. that sixty thousand dollar medical bill, he just wipes it away. Yeah. Yes, he's See, like so mil- has ten, probably tens of millions of dollars, if not more. Which he makes me wonder, books. how did Greg Kinnear go broke after one um, one yeah. medical well, bill? Well, like I think his art show didn't do well, so he expected to have revenue from that probably, and was you know living probably pretty close to the edge. Um, so so here's like um, so the movie for me ends up being unfortunately too long um, because it's a very like long the, movie the big stuff <clears throat> happens with 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 the bathtub scene in the next morning um, I just I, I felt like at the end of this movie what I really would have wanted would be to have the hint that Marvin is into Helen Hunt and Melvin, have her be challenged by the a gift that he's given her so she gives it a serious consideration even though the guy is a complete piece of shit and she knows it there's no fucking way for a moment when she looks at him in the in the restaurant and she almost tells him he looks so sexy i was like fine that that's as far as it goes um and then when she, it's just like so forced from there and then he comes to see her and the mother's like yay in the hallway and i'm like no i just i can't like the mother wants he's it because he's rich to her, the mother wants because he's rich and, yeah, yeah she's a gold digger she just wants she's the, the, mo- the mom's the a gold digger and helen yeah. hunt's like trying to like say no he's the, a crazy the mom should be the love story <laughs> sure oh my god that's to awesome. be honest the mom that's should be the love story why there should be a way to weave nowadays. the same shit through. He gets to her through Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt's the abrasive blocker, right? Because he's such a fucking cunt. And then he weaves his way through, works his magic, and him and the mom get together. He still takes care of the kid. That kid, by the way, terrible casting. Yeah, not great. I, I think, But once again, yeah, the kid is terrible. I, that is probably the only bad casting. But once again, I'm telling you, in the real world, like, I, we, we, we all live in a world where everybody we know dates someone relatively the same age as them, and they aren't, like, don't have, like, $100 million. But, like, but like uh, what's his face? Uh, who's not even, like, irrelevant. I've been to Thailand. I've seen these relationships, but they're not, irrelevant. He's not even a relevant actor anymore. What's his fucking name? Uh, God damn it. He, he, he's a Quaid. Not Randy Quaid, but the, uh, Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Dennis? Dennis Quaid is not a relevant actor anymore, and he's in his late 60s, and he just, he just like, got engaged to, like, a 20-something-year-old 20 yeah, yeah. woman. How many it's not just like, the age. This it's is not, not just the age. But he, Jack Nicholson's a good-looking dude. Yep. He's super wealthy, and he's super famous. So he can get a, a woman of Helen Hunt's age. Now, I'm not saying he can get Helen Hunt, if uh, the writing yeah. isn't good enough and yeah, yeah. He, he's such a prick and Helen Hunt's a strong woman in this. Yeah. And so I think the only thing where it teeters is that if she's such a strong woman, why does she allow a guy who said such horrible things into her life? Repeatedly. That's the big thing. I don't think age but she knows. is as much of a factor with his. If he was a homeless guy or just no. had like a nice job, sure. But she he's knows. not. <laughs> She knows he can't control himself, right? And she's totally relying that it will get better over uh, they time. Think she's seen him time after time. With, they try and bait you with the idea that he's taking the pills and he's getting. Better I know that's what I didn't like. And he's not. I didn't. Yeah. And he's little and he's picking things. Up he's getting without yeah. gloves. I mean, they I do it subtly. He starts off by picking up Verdell only with <laughs> plastic gloves, then with with with, with hand warmers, then yeah. with nothing at all. 
See, yeah. I actually and was he's really like talking noticing. to people shuffling through the street, and he's like, "Excuse me," and then he stops doing that altogether. So I mean, I guess yeah. they were trickling it. Like it seemed They're a little trying. heavy to me. I just didn't buy it. Like I don't know. I don't know how the pills work. I don't want to speak. Like I can't. I can't speak to any of that stuff. It's just he was a they wonderfully uh, hard, like upsetting character, and I I just didn't need the love story because this movie has so much other really great stuff. Um, well, let's talk uh, about that because we're talking okay. about all the negatives. So what's well, the one, let me just get one more negative so we can finish on a strong <laughs> note. But um, <laughs> well, like, yeah, we, we should have started with the good because I know, negative, I know. Okay. Be, because of this movie's length, um, one of the things I definitely would have cut was all the shit with Skeet. Skeet Ulrich. I didn't find any of that shit useful. Like all that needed to happen was Greg Kinnear needed to be like working in his studio and then someone broke into his apartment and beat the shit out of him. Why did we need to see his that agent agreed. setting all that up? Agreed, yeah. No, that's but, a great idea. He yeah, should have had a bit of break-in. Yeah. Yeah. Someone would have broken. He comes home with Verdell. He catches them. And yeah. then this exact... Yeah, because that stuff with Skeet is... It just doesn't go anywhere. He never gets... like not good. Actually, he's bad casting, too. He's... Yeah. Sorry. He's a good-looking... He looks the part, but his acting is terrible. I, I, you the could only do thing that I whole figure, thing quick. The agent yeah, picks could. that guy up as just one quick scene. Then you see Skeet in there. You see him texting. And then you see those guys, the friends come in and beat them. And that's it. Yeah. Why there you have they that mini story us... in three quick shots. Yeah. yeah. Why'd they try and make us like Skeet? Like, because like he, we never see yeah. him again. So why make him us like him and he tries to stop his friends or he's not as into it as them? Who gives a fuck? And why Skeet? show us that his agent set it up and fucked it up? Right. But his agents never punished. That never comes back. We again, never see so him again. It didn't matter. Either. No. Yeah, did, we so we didn't even need anything. to know Skeet. Like, seriously, Kinnear could have been coming, walked in his home. There's a break-in. He gets the crap beat out of him. He's he's like, he's like that's it. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter why he's beat up. No, nope, The only thing doesn't. that matters is that he's beat up and these medical bills end up spoiling yeah. his funds. And I love all of... I mean, you could take Helen Hunt out of this movie and have it just be about these two neighbor guys. I mean, I guess she has to come on the trip, but she, John's right. It wouldn't have had to have been a love interest. If there was no love between them, it would have still been just as good. Because um, she has a great the, arc finding her new life, right? Her son gets his new lease on life, but the movie focuses on how it sets her free. I love that. I do too. Yeah, I do like and that like part it, as well. And it peaks with her letting a Greg Kinnear painter or, or draw her in like uh, that very that vulnerable scene. position. I mean, there's so much I fucking love about this movie. The, the dialogue and the performance. Me, one thing me and Brent talked about quite a bit uh, as, as a good thing was that nobody does the, the length of pauses that they do in this movie. Um, there's The beats are like three or four beats sometimes instead of just a beat in a line. Yep. And uh, and especially with Jack and Helen Hunt, they they let things sit, and then they say their line and it lands in a way that I, I still don't I don't see anybody doing it today. No, it's a hundred percent why they won the awards is because yeah. a ton of this movie, a lot of movies rely on the dialogue and the and the performance of that dialogue to carry the the scenes. But like Colin's talking about with these huge pauses, you give a lot of this like subtextual like like non-verbal moments right where they mm -hmm. have to communicate the same shit but without dialogue it's really challenging man it's it's to not like we talked about dirty dancing last week right like like a baby does a lot of overacting with her face <laughs> when she's just trying to show that she wants to fuck she like cannot <laughs> stop wiggling her face around it's too much <laughs> but in this movie they're really good at the subtleness because that's what it should be it should be subtle right but carries through it's and it's right done really well. Wiggling. Man, I'm sure that's why they won the Oscars. I, I think so I think too. He's, you you said right. it before, Brent, where um, um, it, it's in Jack's like reactions that sell the shit that he does and shows that he has no control over it. The first time he says like, um, "We're all gonna be dead soon, and your son's for sure gonna oh, be dead soon." Oh God! Yeah. And yeah. here's one of these long moments you're talking about, and me as an audience member, I was just like, "Oh my God, Melvin! Like, what the fuck, dude?" But then watching Jack's face as he like is a, a, arranging his plate and then sitting there and then he looks his up eyebrows. and then he realizes she's look and then it's like, uh oh, and then it all hits him like what he said. And so I love that because that says to me as a viewer that he has zero control over what comes out of his mouth. So I better like watch out for that. And you do a few more times later. Um, and then you start wondering, do, do should I be like resenting this guy for what he's saying when he has no control or yeah. should he be having control? 
And that's, yeah. I think, where they lean on the mental enlisting again, because that is a big moment. And that is a really long pause, maybe the longest one in the movie. And her reaction where she gets like so emotional, it brings her to tears. And you're just like, no, he said something about her sick son. And like, you do not know how to feel. And it's very awkward and uncomfortable. And there's a lot of that to sit through that I think Brent referred to as cringeworthy. Uh, but like, why do I still want to keep watching it though? <laughs> Cause I've watched this movie a lot yeah. and like, I, I, I do still cringe and feel uncomfortable, but I still want keep fucking watching it. Yeah. So scene there is must particularly be something behind that. Because it challenges you as a viewer. Cause you're like, like I have a young daughter. She's not sick, but I can imagine if she was because I'm a sick fuck. And I think in that scene, if somebody says something like that, I stab him in the eyes with a fork probably 85% of the time. But then you think, I need this job. I can't act out, right? Because she's like got a sick kid at home. She's fucking a waitress in Manhattan. She's not making bank. I even mentioned to Colin, can you imagine the commute from where she can afford to live to get to this restaurant? It's unreal, like probably the the difference in the in the in the funds. That's how much she's making Jack. more in they, tips. Yeah, they don't say her like commute time, but they do make a deal. Like she's like, I work like here, and it's and a yeah, yeah. Yeah, when she goes to tell him, she won't fuck him. It's yeah. um, but that but that actually that's is something great, that I think is really well done. Too. Is in the movie when he says that, because that's the first time I think that you see that he's human, because yeah. he says it. And you're like, okay, this guy's a prick. But he sits in that moment and he realizes after he's kind of gotten through himself that what he said was completely unapproachable and, and, and without explanation. And yeah. you see that he, he does feel the, the regret. He feels that it was wrong. And that's actually like an important scene for the, for the rest of the movie. Because if he doesn't feel it there, he doesn't feel it anywhere. And the rest of the movie is a sale, right? Yeah, so that's absolutely it's, true. It's, it's a good yeah. scene. It's a good scene. They do it again a couple of other times when uh, he has the dog, um, not to the same extent, and uh, she she's like talking about something about herself, uh, her eyes and why she's tired, and she tries to take the bacon away, and he cuts her off in the middle of her telling him really forcefully, just he's like, no, and he's just like, the dog, I want a fur... I want the bacon for the dog. He likes the bacon or whatever. And you can see how mad she is that he, she was in the moment of telling something really personal and he cut her off. And then she makes a little snide comment and walks away. And you can see him realizing once again that he'd fucked up. So, so I like that, that they do that in other, in other points in the movie too, where he, he still can't control himself after that moment. Well, like that was a huge moment and he still cannot fucking do it. Let's not let's not forget now the most egregious time he does it when she's like in his face ready to like basically she says if you ask me I'll say yes. So he only has to say two words at that point which is wanna fuck but he doesn't he says well I thought you could sleep with So I know with, but with I our mean homosexual I've companion. Always, I've always thought that 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 is him being afraid uh, of 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 her and afraid of of what that afraid of sex or a physical relationship with her so he well, he doesn't like to step in cracks he torpedoes himself <laughs> by saying that because <laughs> Boom. he he knows the reaction that he's gonna get from her when he says that <laughs> not even yeah. a smile from you at that come on that was that was nice that was pretty money that i know but i money it's i he, I know I interrupted your point. I'm sorry. It's yeah, a su- no, but it's a super interesting take, Colin. And and I like I I struggle with that line because it's so like out of left field and it's so I, devastating I he, to his. I know, but like, I think he he did think he he probably that did cross his mind, but that's not what he wanted to say there. But he was afraid, and so he said that because he knew that then he wasn't. So gonna it was have a to fear. Go, it was he wasn't going to have to go through with it. He wasn't going to have to have sex with her. He did yell when he got. When he got back to the room, he's like, did you have sex with her? Oh, hi. <laughs> did you I have sex bl- with her? <laughs> I fucking love that, too. Because that's him over, that's him over doing it to try and make her like him again. And you, that comes off that that's not genuine, that that is bullshit. Hmm. Hmm. Well, at least I thought that that was Interesting. bullshit. 
Yeah, interesting interpretation. He wasn't actually mad, right? He wasn't actually mad at Greg Kinnear. And he also never thought Greg Kinnear had sex with her. Also, his question to Greg Kinnear about, about him getting erections with women to me is, once again, is him getting to ask a gay person a question he's always wanted to ask him. So once again, he's just uneducated and he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And so he asks him that question and then Greg Kinnear puts him in his place. I mean, it's clear he's never interacted with a variety of people. It's weird to think being in Manhattan. At that age. I mean, that that is very unbelievable. Because like one of my other favorite characters in this movie is Cuba. And the fact oh my that God, him and Cuba is so good awesome. He's great he's so in, this. Good in this. And isn't it funny? He's an agent in this one. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, funny. Actually, shit. I never thought about that. Yeah, Neither did I just, I. I just like how he's there's a there's that moment when he like tells him he's like, do you know where I come from? I come from hell. And then he's like threatening him. And then he's like, he's like so upset because he has come so far outside of where he grew up in this terrible situation to the point where he's like, he even says it, he's like, I'm he's like, what am I doing? I'm an art dealer. And he's like, <laughs> you know, he just can't, he's like so, he's so upset that this guy made him put him in a position where he needs to be threatening. Yeah. And I he's know. like, he's like, I did everything I could to not become that. Right. Yeah. It's, I fucking and then, love Cuba. And then in the next scene, he's talking to Greg Kinnear, who's shocked that, you know, he's t- telling Melvin to take care of the dog. And he's like, no, I got this guy wrapped around my finger. So like immediately he knows yeah that he's he's just he's that marvin's his bitch and uh and he is for like pretty much the rest of the movie until they come to their accord and friendship and then Mar- <laughs> mr udall is like you don't need to wait with me here at the restaurant you can just go <laughs> and he's cuba good he's like what the fuck but and once again <laughs> when he says that though and i think in his mind once again he thinks he's letting cuba off the hook but he doesn't realize he's being incredibly insulting yeah He's like, we don't enjoy each other's company that much, which is true. So he's, but it's also incredibly in fucking salting. Yep. (laughs) I love that line. We don't enjoy each other's company that much. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, Who else? What else? Anything else? The stuff in the cars, the stuff in the car in the, where he is revealing what happened between his mother and his father and Jack keeps fucking interrupting with yeah. like his whole thing about getting hit with a ruler are the noodle salad. <laughs> it's the victim. Olympics the noodle salad him. was awesome. Some of us, some of us have stories about being by lakes and eating noodle salad. Just not anyone in this car. <laughs> Who the Good fuck times. was he talking and about? Noodle salad. Who are those people? That yeah. was actually a good jack when you said noodle salad. Noodle salad. I can't do it. That seems yeah, really like, good again because cause Greg Kinnear is telling that story and Jack cuts him off, sure that his story is worse. But then when you listen, you find out Greg Kinnear's story is actually a terrible story. Yeah. And you kind of see Jack again, like a little bit he in hears. his place, right? Yeah. Yeah, he but. hears. He, like, he, he makes fun of him until because he thinks it's just going to be the tip, whatever the typical gay story is in his mind, right? Which is probably, I don't know, <laughs> who even knows what Melvin thinks about that. But he does when he hears about the abuse, then he, like, listens. And I think he, that's when he changes his opinion. So, I mean, like, Colin, you're convincing me of one thing that Melvin is, like, capable of change from learning. He hasn't had the experiences. And so he's. But that Slightly part's more. the unbelievable part is that he, it's shocking that he hasn't. I, I don't know how old he, how old do you guys think he's playing in this? Late 50s. 60. Yeah, yeah. late 50s, 60, 60 seems 50. right. And I, that probably is right around the age he was. Um, so look, the one here, here's thing a, that he, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. The one thing that he does do in this that, that is, is awesome, but horrible and he does it in the car and he does it at the psychiatrist's office is that he has an innate understanding of of the worst most cutting thing you could say at a moment to to not just one person but in that moment a room full of people because i love that scene where he rushes into the office and screams he's like help or whatever and the 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 psychiatrist great whoever that actor is he's just like not having it He's just like, nope, no, we're not doing it. We are not doing it this way. And and I love that whole scene. But then when he at the end, when he when he's thrown out, and he's hurt, 
he wants to hurt back and he says uh what if this is as good as it gets and then there's a long he silence you hear, her, you hear a woman go oh <laughs> or yeah. something and then in the car when he is hurt because they told him that they didn't want to hear his shit or whatever or who doesn't who doesn't want to hear melvin so melvin sits back and he goes okay well let's carry on maybe we can uh go to you can go see your father and try and get another sweaty wad of money yeah. that is like the fucking that's once again self-defense <laughs> he felt hurt so he attacked greg kinnear so once again psychologically i feel like his character is kind of even throughout the whole movie the happiest you see jack in this movie is when he's writing yeah and he's he's locked into the moment yeah. and he's like he's really like he's in a flow state and he's just doing it that's the happiest you see him you only see with, him do with it maybe twice Verdell. he's especially with stoked Verdell, with Verdell too true, like sitting on the yeah. table it's so cute that's they that's the, the one thing I do, do not relate to. <laughs> dogs? But no, you the dogs. What are you trying to say? When I'm when I'm finished writing, I'm happy. But during the process, I am not at all. It's not <laughs> fun. You, you need to write cheap romance. I think that's what yeah. he does. I guess. I do like the I do like the way in which they they wrote it and directed it. I think that seems very believable. It's just not my experience. Yeah. But I do like that stuff though. Harold Ramis makes an appearance too, and his all his stuff is really cute. I love when Fucking they're, love they're rushing Ramis. over him. Yeah, he's um, great. Him. You know, Miss the, him. another scene that that kind of we, we, I didn't really dig, and the people I was watching it with didn't really dig either, is when Helen Hunt's going to her mom, like, and she's getting all upset, and she's like, "What do you want, Ma? I just want to go out." We we all felt like that really didn't fit. We all saw saw Helen Hunt was changing, and 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 her son was getting better, so I just didn't like that whole thing with her mom. Didn't her mom didn't deserve that either? So. Ma's just like I'm no, just I kind of like their mom's response there though where she's yeah, just like I just want to go out like she just totally totally deflects yeah it I don't think it needed that setup for that but that's just a personal just a personal no, thing. I, I think yeah, also think in that, wrong. that that I think that was a scene that won her the Oscar maybe but mm. but I think it was I think it was for me it was more about her than her mother because it was the idea that it would almost be like your kid growing up and moving out of the house. I've seen that in people. They're just like, I, I'm missing the worrying about them. I'm missing the taking them places. I'm missing, you know, all of those things like that used to suck. But now mm. I miss them because mm. like I did it for so long. Those things so don't I kinda, suck. I kind of like, I don't, I think that scene was too long, but I kind of like that though. Yeah. Fair enough Brent, then. Uh, what were Fair you enough. thinking, Brent? What was your comment having a child? I said those things don't suck. I no. told my kid she's welcome to live in my house for eternity. That's yeah. totally Yeah, and I think those people would have too uh, yeah. that I've talked to. They did not, <laughs> definitely did not want them to go. Yeah, plus sooner or later I'm going to need some help. So yeah, let's, uh, yeah. let's foster oh, you that for, good Yeah, I mean, you all so have you can, like some arthritis and a lot of limbs, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm broken, man. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, broken, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so does everybody want to call it? I feel like this is a yeah, short anyone, one, but this is a well, highly regarded movie, and I enjoy a lot of this movie. But I just wanted to say, from our, it was tough last week the way everything went, and then it was kind of like, who wants to go first? Does anyone want to take the plunge today? And when feeling confident in a response I, to this one, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'll just be quick, uh, but I'd love to hear the reaction from the peanut gallery where you are, John, because uh, there's a lot of different ages and stuff that watch this with you i'm sure so i'd love to yep. hear what the response was but yeah i mean i'll just watch this movie i just can watch this movie all of the time it's just that the acting and the writing and the performances and the music other than the couple of actors skeet Ulrich and the kid is just like they they take material that might seem like it's unbelievable or or doesn't make sense and they they make it make sense and they turn it into magic so like you know whatever problems they're all I, I don't even mind the length this is an incredibly long movie and and i never am like want to fast forward or get to it i i enjoy sitting with these characters and learning more about them i i love all of the stuff with one of my shockingly favorite scenes this time was the scene where where he's in the hospital with the mirror which is should be such a sad scene but i was smiling the whole time 
that how did I, how do they make tragedy so entertaining and funny? I don't know. Cuba um, Gooding there is a little overboard to tell you the truth. A little it's bit. it's a little it, that seems a little much for me to tell you to be honest. Cuba in the hospital scene. Yeah, where he's like, like oh. <laughs> Because he's like, oh, damn. Oh, god damn. Like, I fucking he's got, burst out laughing every time he does that. It's he, 100% he can't because Cuba Gooding Jr. is hilarious. I know, but come himself. on. Come he can't on. help himself. It, his come face on. is pretty fucked he up. He redeems himself. He redeems himself at the end of that scene when Greg Kinnear is about to look in the mirror and he, like, stands up in support. That's when you, like, yeah. him again. And Greg Kinnear's performance where he only cries out of his eye that is sealed with stitches is also fucking amazing i don't know if that was a fake thing they did there maybe to teach a guy to cry only out of one eye all right only left and, eye and an eye that is like talent. sealed anyways go Greg ahead can, you can do also do a good jack impersonation did, he, he did do a, a good jack impersonation a couple of times agreed yeah agreed and verdell was almost sold <laughs> i think brent should go <laughs> first because then i want to hear the the reactions from the peanut gallery so Brent, Were you, you not go, just calling then, it yeah, were I you did. Not just yeah. doing that? Yeah, it's I'm saying, but Brent, you should go next. What were you saying then? When I said first, I meant second. And I think John should go last because I want to hear what his family and stuff. Okay, are. so what what are you saying? What is your I call? I said, oh, it holds up. I could watch this oh, movie okay, like okay, okay. once a week. I like love the performances. I love the music. There's not there's nothing that's enough in this movie that doesn't make me want to watch it again and again and again. I mean, this one's tough for me because I, I only watched this movie once because like I say, it was a movie that, that I felt like took energy from me. And despite the fact that I can appreciate the writing and music and, and uh, obviously the acting is superb um, almost across the board, aside from that miserable, sick kid. Um, kid. <laughs> we don't care that you got a goal. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean... That kid makes ruins it for me. I want him to look more sick. Look more. <laughs> he does sick. look very healthy for a sick. He looks child. like he just came in from the skate park, and I, like those kids can be sick too. But like in a movie, make them look sick. Make them look like Woody <laughs> Allen or something, like a little thirteen-year-old Woody Allen. Anyways, I don't know what to say about this movie. Uh, it's fucking tough for me, man. It's like I say, historically, I was not a huge fan of this movie, not because it's not a good movie, but because I find that it takes from me um, and it's tough to watch that way. But I did have more of an appreciation for it this time, but I do not buy the relationship. Um, I do not buy Jack's conversion, except for the amendment to that thought that we had earlier where it's, that all of those prick movements, all of the asshole statements that he makes are more of a reflection of defense, right? Like a deflection and, and, a, and a, it's almost like a defense by assault, right? It's like just trying to get away from people. Fuck, man, I don't really know. I don't really know. I guess if I'm being honest, this movie holds up. It's just got the, the relationships are too tight. The Greg Kinnear stuff and Jack, I mean, seeing that come full circle for me is is worth the whole movie. The Helen Hunt stuff, oh, I, I don't fully stuff. buy, but it's good enough. Um, the Greg Kinnear stuff for me, um, that's the whole thing. Greg Kinnear is a fucking gem, and in this movie, he's um, particularly good. So, yeah, I'll just say holds up, but that's probably my thing. And Verdell's too cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love Verdell in this. And well-trained. So, well, so trained. well trained. He's almost one of the, but he's a better actor than that kid. Yeah, <laughs> he is hundred percent. Yeah. Fucking love Riddell. Um, like music in this movie is so fantastic. All the, all the directing. Very good. Um, yeah. The, the actors who got the nods for this, I really wish that other movies hadn't been so stacked so that Kinnear could have got the trifecta for these guys. Because, but I mean, Robin yeah. Williams beat him, right? So there's no way Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting's not taking the fucking Oscar this year. Sorry, Greg. No, it's too good. It's too good. It's just bad luck for him because, yeah, uh, you, you, this movie would be garbage with different actors, especially in the two lead roles. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. The way True they're. Their chemistry and the way they have the long pause like jack i watched another movie with jack recently i watched um the bucket list um oh, in which he I is totally competent 
Yeah, it's, he's totally competent because he just plays this unique personality that can do these things that other people can't do and can't get away with. And he does with bravado. And he just has this presence, even though in this movie he's a little older, but he's not like not put together. He's he, he, like, besides the mental illness, I just mean like physical appearance. He looks like he's like in, in pretty in pretty okay shape, right? So mm. um, he, he just can do so much that other people can't do. And it, and it works for this character so much. And man, there's such an, a fantastic story here. And the the screen time we're given to these to the three kind of the trio of characters who were nominated, I love all of their stories to a point. And what I just can't resolve in my head is is how badly the relationship with him and Helen Hunt falls on its face for me. And how can you how could how could you say a movie held up when a major component the the main conclusion that we were supposed to get to because Kinnear was a secondary character. So his arc yeah. doesn't matter and her, she's not complete until she ends up with Melvin and Melvin's not complete until he like can say that he loves her and they can go to the shop think, for some I fucking I think all those true, but I feel like Greg Kinnear gets as much fucking screen time as everybody. He has his own I, shit going on. That's what I feel like it is a end. trifecta. Except for the end. Cause you know, he's not well, the main he has guy. An ending they, too. they kicked him. He does know, have an but, ending. And then they're just like, you go away. Cause this is really about these two. And yes, now we need but to I think screen time wise, it is pretty, it is pretty even. I, I, I kind of agree. I mean, so in my version, Kinnear would have less screen time because the lead up to him and the whole ski dollar thing would be gone. But but I loved his story, like and everything about it and his his catharsis yeah. and, and coming around and how it happened. It's all beautiful. It's really beautiful and really well done. Uh, well, well written. But because then they have this ending tacked on, I just I would have so much more preferred if Melvin was in love with her, but realized he couldn't have her. But he was like on to learning and getting better and be living with Greg Kinnear would be a positive influence going that way. So you don't feel too bad for him that it didn't work out. And she goes on to her new life where melvin will keep on supporting her because she helped him in a way that you know he needed and on on and on it goes i would have much preferred that that would have sold it for me i would have said this movie one of the greatest ever um yeah, but, instead, but instead <laughs> so like what I, I end up i end up drawing a parallel to uh the water boy because remember when we were talking about the water boy <laughs> if adam sandler's character is mentally ill That's you can't elite. laugh at some of the stuff but if he's just like a, a po boy from like the back swamps then you can forgive it and you kind of like start to cheer for him Melvin's yeah. in this weird gray area for me where he seems to have the best of both worlds. So I can't figure out if I'm allowed to be mad at him or believe that he is really capable of change. And that's where I say this movie does not hold up for me is because that part is a little too confusing. I wish they would have picked a direction and stuck with it. Um, uh, and B because uh, the love story thing didn't work out. But I mean, I have so much respect for this movie. It's, it's like almost perfect. Um it's it's just so impressive it's still fun to watch so like i would watch this on on tv i'm, that's I'm why really I sad i'm that's saying what i'm here yeah no <laughs> no i hear I you think, saying it. i think john i think you're not off man i and i think you're right at the end they shouldn't end up together and i think if they don't i think it does fix a huge problem because that's a I problem so for too. me too mm-hmm. yeah and i just feel like that was supposed to be that was supposed to be the big thing even though what my much more satisfying climax is the bathtub scene with those two and then the next morning and, and her telling Melvin like she can't he can't be in her life I almost wonder how that would have ended if then they went inside and had a little bit of roommate talk about how that'll be okay and then that's it you Movies could have on. had that you could have definitely had that 100% but like for me the performances at the end just pull it off and I can't fucking like so for me I, I buy it they, they, they make me buy it yeah. I shouldn't buy it but those two make me buy it and the music and the directing and every other and time I've watched this on movie, the cracks, I've bought it too. Every other time I just I've bought buy it, too. I just I still fucking buy it today. I can't, yeah. I can't not. They just fucking are so it's good. You're those hoping. Two. It's because you're there hoping was a that moment. when you're 60, you can land someone like Helen Hunt. <laughs> well, I if I have that the... money, if I have the money, then I will. Yeah, I <laughs> definitely I will. There's no question about it. It's everywhere. It's happening. <laughs> I hadn't seen this movie in a while and I couldn't remember every detail. And as this movie was coming more to a close after the soft shell or you got a hard shell, you got a hard shell after that whole scene and they, and the bathtub scene, I started to get sad because I was like, they're going to ham fist a love story in here. And they, and they fucking did. Yeah. I love that hard shell thing. And that's how the fam fam thing. That's how they felt too. They were like that love. No, I don't, I don't get them together at all. So yeah. Otherwise, like enjoyable. I, I wanted to hear what the fam thought. Yeah, like <clears> my, <throat> my parents liked it. Um, 
uh, but both my sister and and my lady uh, Nat, um, Natalie and Nat, <laughs> they said uh, no dice doesn't work. Oh, so. Natalie didn't like it. Just for that reason, oh. and it was too long. By the end, she was like, "What the fuck? We're done here." And I was like, "I it's know." It's a very right? long movie. Yeah, it just never feels that way to me. I think I also just love watching the craft of the goddamn. I, this is writing and the goddamn acting and the directing yeah. and like I I like enjoy watching that shit so much. Yeah, but it's fantastic. Say la vie. Say la vie. Science, All right. Kind of. No problem, no problem. Okay, what do we got next week? Next week's got to be far and, far away. and away. I believe that it is Shannon. Okay, Shannon. Oh my God, I'm so excited. The next, and if oh, the next Brent. six movies, I'm so excited for. Brent, it's we're gonna fuck scheduled. it. Oh, okay. Brent, we're gonna we're gonna watch that one together for sure. Sweet. Sweet. We're gonna be doing yeah. Irish accents all next week, boys. Oh, Shannon. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait either. Uh, Yolo. Okay. I can't wait. Thanks for tuning, in, everybody. This has been a really fun one, a really unexpected one. Uh, two to one, but that's okay. Um, there's a lot to like in this movie. And it was two to one like last half, week, too. I'm I like know. A half. If really I could crazy. be a 50 50, I didn't change. I oh my God. John's on the outside. John, it's so funny because John has been the uh, the standout on the Dirty Dancing and this one. So that's interesting. Yep. That's two weeks in a row, Johnny boy. And, and his girlfriend, applaud your his girlfriend probably, he probably has not had sex since Dirty Dancing because <laughs> it's probably. Is that her yeah, favorite it's coming, movie? It's coming back for this one. Is that not take away movie? reason and accountability? Oh, is it is that goes. her favorite Dirty Dancing, John? Nats? one of them. Yep. Like it's Gross. not her very favorite. What's her very favorite? If that someone's not it. Oh, I don't even know. Like probably uh, fried green tomatoes. Oh, of course. She no, I'm just kidding. We have to do that one movie. then. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we should. I saw Brent's Brent's like leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, we'll get around to it. But next week we're at Fire and Away, so we'll all be doing our Irish, and you'll be loving it all, laddie. Okay, uh, thanks thanks for checking our shit out, everybody. Um, Yeah, this is great. Enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.